How's it going, Look at everybody? us. Look at us. I have my do convert shirt. This one's from, I think, the Dallas, the last time we were in Dallas Summit, which is That's coming from up. like a hot it's minute ago. It is a hot minute yeah. ago. And it's so simple. It's just like the logo. I want one. Repeated, can repeated. I have one? You could have one with size. Yeah. Actually, can Mike have one? <laughs> Mike will have one. Your hubby, Mike, will definitely get one. He Walking is like, billboard. He is the collector of the do you convert shirts. We're going to have some cool ones at the summit. I'm excited. I always get excited about a, a cool t-shirt. So, yeah. I mean, I can't tell by your background. There's a bunch of shirts up there. <laughs> right? One, two, three, and then the uh, Michael Scott quote in the corner, which Beth has never seen The Office and doesn't watch it. So what? I'm embarrassed to say that. What? I know. I know. I'm sorry. I've He's seen like out. bits and pieces, but I've never actually like sat down and watched it. It's not even like a cult classic, like um, say Dazed and Confused. Like you watch that Love movie it. and you're like, what was the point of this movie? Like. It's amazing, though. There's no point. It's just like, I mean, I get the point. It's like a coming of age movie mixed with like drinking and hazing. Like that's the, right. But there's no intention. It's just the story of yeah, the last day of school. Kind of meanders. And that's yes. it. But like cult classic movies are my favorite. Well, like Wet Hot it. American Summer. And because yeah. um, like the, the one liners and Wet Hot American Summer, you taste like a bird or I don't like you anymore. Like you can't like who comes up with this stuff? Yeah. So I'm so surprised that one fits Matthew McConaughey where he's like, all right, all right, all right. And yeah. but then you're like, dude, it's pretty creepy. Like, you know, there's no like so creepy. Yeah. Even me saying that's <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't say that, Andrew. Should we delete that out? I don't even know. But know. there's no point of it. But The Office at least has a good storyline. I so know. It's a later season, season. So you should watch it on your okay, flight. Lesson to learned. Dallas. Watch it. Go. So how's the house? Your house is almost done. Yeah, you want you guys want to hear how I'm basically a project manager at yeah, the same I time. I wouldn't expect anything less, but yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> and it's not just because of my personality, okay. all right. Um, but so yeah, so last week we had an um, we went to the house around five thirty six p.m. on Friday. Okay. We we walk in, we go downstairs. We're super excited because tiles being installed. They're there. It's real. Still. Nice. Go down to the basement. On the weekend. Okay. On the weekend, yeah. We go down in the basement. It's the wrong tile. Oh no! How far wrong though? Like it's close it's enough. The right color, wrong shape. Ooh, that's a big deal. Like yeah. So did it's you a, say anything right then and there? Oh, I did. With, with I like, there. Yes. So I went to the inst the installer was there, and I'm like, that's the wrong tile. And obviously, there's a little bit of a language barrier. And he tells me upstairs. So yeah. I go upstairs. Okay. And I look through the tile that's there on site. It's not there. So I'm like, okay, obviously the wrong tile was ordered. And with the tile that they're installing is actually the tile that's going in our primary bathroom. Mm -hmm. So okay. at least it's like one I selected. It's just not the it right one for the those home. rooms. Okay. It wasn't like square. It was rectangle. It was rectangle. I, I think most people would be like, if it was, what if it was square tile, which I think people associate with like, that's the cheap included one somewhere and you're mm. like, mm, I don't want it. Okay. I probably wouldn't have felt the same if it was square. Okay. I would, I probably would have like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say cause it wasn't the, it wasn't the instance. And, and at first I was like, we got to rip this up. We got to get the right one in. Like I was nice. really like, my heart was on this hexagon. I thought it was going to like add a little oh. bit of whimsy to the kid's bath. That is a little vibe with the hexagon for sure. Yeah. It would have been like this whole vibe. So then can't reach anybody. Can't reach my builder. Can't reach my tile lady. They're out at dinner already. They're they're gone. Yeah. Next day we come back. We're like, okay, well maybe they won't work over the weekend. No, they're working over the weekend, and now both rooms are fully tiled. Oh, no. mm. 
So I'm like, okay, last Sunday, they didn't work. Maybe they won't work on Sunday because if maybe if they don't grout, we still have like a saving chance, potentially. It'll at least be easier. Mind you, I have custom cabinets too. So like we can't risk any damage happening to these cabinets. So then we go back on Sunday. It's grouted. And I'm like, ooh, I don't, I gotta just like come to terms with this. Then the tile lady calls us. And she's like, I'm so sorry. She misunderstood a conversation that we had. There's no documentation of said conversation. So like she basically made the change with good intention, but it wasn't what was supposed to be done. And it was never something that I gave my approval on. Yeah, that's not good. So she needs to clean up her um, processes a little bit. It seems like I'll just pick this one. Beth seems really nice. Yeah. And it was all with good intention. She was trying to save us money. Because some of our quotes were because the the structure of this build is a little bit different. So it's like a cost plus model. And so good intention, but I was like, I'm not happy. No. And we talked through options and I was like, look, I've been in construction long enough that I know this conversation, how bad it could go. And I don't want to have that conversation. So I don't want you to pull it up. These poor guys worked in the Georgia heat all weekend away from their families. It's done. We will live with it but it's not the tile I selected. So what are we going to do? Yeah. And what she credited it back to us. Yeah. The whole cost of the materials. The cost of materials in those rooms. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. So at least and it looks when good. I look I at it. I saw the picture. It looks good. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. And well, that's what you had your clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. But the hexagon though, I'm sure you have a little bit of like mm, the hexagon, like, cause that's a whole different feel. Yeah. For the bathroom like that yeah i I, like I literally had designed the bathroom around this hexagon tile so it's it's unfortunate yeah. but at the same time being in the industry and like we were just talking about with the square how long right. is a hexagon going to be in style how long am i going to actually like it am i going to be sick of it in a year or two that's true so at least this like rectangular tile that makes the room look a little bit wider to the eye because of the way it runs mm-hmm. at least it'll be a little bit more timeless and it's it is a gorgeous tile it pulls in the yeah. taupe colors because we got shiitake painted shiitake. that's the name shiitake. of it you're about welcome food, mushrooms yes oh, man shiitake i like it how's the rest of the house going it's good it's so it's been... getting primed right now and it looks like they did trim paint yesterday i'm questioning whether or not the the like feature in my office is going to be colored the color i want or if they're going to keep it the trim color. So I might have to make some adjustments there, but we'll check on it this afternoon because my son wants to go every single day. Oh, sure. Yeah. We went all the time when we were building. Um, we did too. One thing I'm tired of is agreeable gray uh, paint yeah. color. I'm sure no everyone paint. is tired is tired of that. I'm like our house. I'm looking at my walls right now. I'm like agreeable gray is everywhere. I'm not so agreeable with it anymore. No, it doesn't timeless. feel agreeable. No, it needs to get out. So I'm I did the same color that. as Kevin, I was like, what are the colors of your oh, yeah. house? That's fine. <laughs> nice. For anyone that would like to know, it is alabaster for the wall, pure okay. white for the trim. Which alabaster has been a while. Then um, back from your, your home state, not your home state. You don't claim Texas as your home state. But no. Who are the people in Waco? Um, drawn a blank. Magnolia. Yeah, Magnolia. yeah. They really did alabaster and everything, right? I'm sure it was a meme. I don't remember, I'm to be sure honest with you. I think they the gains. The games. Games. Joanna yeah. Gaines. I was like, how did we forget their names? I know. I know. What a great name right? if you like worked out or something. Andrew Gaines. And you're, <laughs> Chip okay. Gaines. You're, you're done now, Andrew. Okay, cool. 
So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 294. I'm the ad doctor, Andrew Peak, And with me today is Beth Russell and Julie Yarnigan. Julie, we'll Hello. start with your stories because we just had like a mini story from Beth and I'll, you know, something <laughs> will pop up in my head here. So Julie, what do you got yeah, going on? Absolutely. Well, I have two. I have one quick one. Ooh, um, the book came out today. This is Sweet. old news. If um, it was a week ago, if you're Building listening to this. Certainty. Building certainty, um, content marketing for home builders. So I'm super excited that it's out in the world. But I just want to say our industry is wonderful. Like I got so many encouraging messages, not just from our Do Convert teammates, from our builders, from people I've worked with, but just people in the industry who do not know me that well um, have sent me awesome messages and encouragement. And I just think that's fun. Also that it was cute. My high school math teacher shared it on Facebook. You oh. have to remember Like I graduated 25 years ago <laughs> in 1998. So I thought that was very cute <laughs> I was but, um, that she shared it. Yes. I know that you're like, amazing. wait, you're, I'm like, what yeah. did I do in 1998? I was in 1998. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't rub that. That's very cool. It's been a fun day. Um, but my real story is, is that um, Jackie is on leave now. Um, and so I am helping with some of her builders in, in the coaching role. I'm also in a strategist role. So kind of how we break things up here is the strategists really do the button pushing and go in and change ads and move things. And um, the strategy or the coach does more of the higher level thinking about the bigger strategy of campaigns and what's needed and for sales and um, how the engine is working, all those things. But it's been a fun um, exercise for me to have to go back and forth in my brain between both because on yeah. some of them, I'm just the coach. Some of them, I'm the coach and the strategist. Sometimes I'm just the strategist. And it really is different skills for different things. And it's the flipping back and forth. And I think um, it just made me realize that a lot of our marketers have to deal with that too, especially on a small team. They are mm -hmm. the bigger level coach looking at the larger big picture strategy of things and they're the doer. And I think sometimes we tend one way or another, like sometimes, you know, I like to just mark tasks off my list. So I get in that mindset of just like, yeah. get it done. Yes, I'll do that ad. But sometimes having to stop back and say, no, I need to look at this from a bigger um, picture and I need to look at, you know, why are we doing it? What are the goals? Before I just go build that new campaign, what really are the goals of that campaign? Um, is this the best strategy for that? So I just think it's a good reminder for everybody, you know, um, are you switching back and forth in your brain in those two things and not just marking things off your list? And also if leadership comes to you with something and they say, hey, we need a billboard for this or an ad for this, are you just saying, okay, and going and doing it? Are you stepping back and say, Let's actually look at the data. Let's think about our goals. Let's think about um, what really needs to, the end product needs to be, and then work our way backwards for how we achieve that. So it's been a fun exercise and I'm just, just starting it this week. So um, it's been fun. Yeah, that is, and that is fun. And what I've found is I'm, I'm good at one or the other within the same day. 
So like this, this week has been crazy. It's, this has been like the heaviest travel the past two weeks. Myself, I was out last week and then there's people out this week on vacation at, at do you convert. So it's really interesting. I don't know if that's everywhere else. It'd be interesting to see if that's like a common trend. But when I'm like talking all the time or talking all day, it's easy. It's great. Like I could just do it, but that flipping back and forth, that's a challenge. Like that's, that's really tough. So one good job on going back and forth, some <laughs> kudos for you. Um, but I've definitely found if I get the more technical button clicking things out of the way in the, in the morning, like I, I just have more patience for it and just there's less friction or barrier to actually get the things done. Mm -hmm. And the afternoon, I think most people in general, you're kind of more social. You're willing to talk more like as the day goes on and you're more tired. I was gonna say more tired or that's not even how you pronounce that's not grammar, but like doing like a big technical project at three, four o'clock is absolutely miserable to me. Um, so I don't know, we don't always have full control over our call schedules because it's not based on our schedule. Mostly it's like, when is the builder available? We'll accommodate for them. But that's one thing. If you are in that role where you're kind of bouncing back and forth, I would try to really get the technical things done in the morning. If you're able I'm to, backwards though. You're backwards, see? I agree. Whenever what's you do best it, you for you. One or the mm -hmm. other. But usually like if it's mm -hmm. like, all right, at two o'clock, I have this big meeting. Then three o'clock, mm -hmm. I'm doing this big technical thing. I don't, that does not work for me whatsoever. It might not work for you, or maybe it does. Everyone's different, but I think you just have to learn which way. But I, I agree, but mine are swapped. I need to You're do the social in the morning and, and then I, I can do just zone out and press oh, no. my buttons. See, I don't, yeah. I don't want to. I'm the same way the as Julie. Or it like, it like ebb and flows Absolutely. during the day, like that two o'clock. And I guess it depends on when my coffee hits and That's things true. like that. It is the coffee. So caffeine drug-induced oh, yeah caffeine. but also can we shout out julie in that moment because as someone who's like newly in quotation marks in the coach position that is a very insightful thing to pull out that is i hope people are listening and kind of taking a moment to reflect and if they're able to do that and if they are doing that and i think it's also important kind of like what you guys were just talking about of like what day time of the day and when you can switch but also if you even want to make that switch because I feel like sometimes people sure. really struggle going from the doer mentality to the thinker mentality. Yeah. And you, there's no saying you have to. Like, there's value in each position. 100%. Well, you need both. Yeah. And it's, and like, it's kind of on a spectrum or a gradient. Like, it's at least the way we function as far as the coach and then the mm -hmm. strategist, they blend together, but it just happens to be like, say, Beth and Julie, I think you're both very strong strategy and thinking, but then also on the technical side, but then we look at like Josh, who's an analyst on our team. He's purely knocking out work. He's, he could also be on a call and like all these sorts of things, or like to relate that to like a builder, like in the meetings, communicating ideas, he'd be great at, but everyone's different. You kind of lean usually more one way or the other. So you might mm -hmm. as well just stay focused on what you're great at. Hopefully you're able to do that with, with your builder, which isn't always the case, but thinking long-term career growth it's like well if you're really really good technical like there's no reason to force yourself to be like i'm gonna be the opposite person than what yeah. i'm naturally it's like me i'm yeah. five nine i'm not going to be a professional basketball player i also would have been by one would have been one by now i'm not going to be one so should i go and like kill myself every day training to try to get in the nba no it's ridiculous so yeah i'm not gonna do that Bad. it's like we just had that conversation andrew of like people forget sometimes that in order to be better and to to grow, that it means being the better version, like best version of yourself. Don't force yourself to be someone you're not. Be the best version of you. Right. 100%. Mm -hmm. Look at us. Love it. Look at us. 
<laughs> feelings. So good. Beth, what do you got? Um, somehow Julie and I are always in sync, but I know I love it when that happens. I, love I know it. <laughs> it's the best. You really should join our coffee times because we have coffee dates every Monday and we just I chat I about talk to life. way too much. I'm just, I'm just actually I'm just we're I'm I'm rescinding the invite. It's our special time. See, okay. I rejected the offer and then <laughs> I got rescinded. Oh man, I'm just gonna crash anyways because I have the link in my on the calendar. So facts show up. You do. Um, but it's this it's come up a lot recently and I have sort of I had sort of an epiphany, if you will, because for a long time and even on a national stage, I've been preaching this whole the importance of sales and marketing collaboration. But I think something that's getting lost in translation is that collaboration doesn't necessarily mean that they're always on the same page or that they share priorities. They have to be aligned. They have to be working together in a healthy way, striving towards the same goal. But what I'm seeing is a lot of people are forgetting that marketing priorities are completely different from sales priorities. They are serving two different parts of the funnel. And because of that, their priorities are different. Their strategies are going to be different. Their methodologies, their reason behind what they do are going to be different. And if we don't recognize that from the top down, meaning leadership, if leadership is not aligned with marketing priorities and, and making sure that they are a priority, then that's when just the whole funnel gets like mushed shaken up and it's not it's not great it's not good right i try to say that with an analogy oh yeah Kevin kevin's, kevin's not here kevin's in nepal he's climbing mount everest so the priorities versus our intention or our roles so let's separate our priorities would be like what we need to do to get done throughout the day that support the overall goal of selling more homes right if we're not mm -hmm. selling homes who cares what we're doing is a waste of time exactly so i think we, we all agree the role of marketing the point of marketing is to whatever we do needs to focus on selling homes but mm -hmm. our priorities might not be the same priorities as sales or our biases what we do in a given day might not be the same as like a salesperson. now we're talking about like individuals so if we were like yeah. in a kitchen salespeople would be the servers they're pushing things they're pushing things they want that tip commission and we're in the kitchen cooking things up like mm -hmm. we have to have a good product we have to be able to present it in a way we're presenting the product so there's there's all that so our priorities might not always be in, in line with the micro changes that are out there in like the real world and so if we're only doing things that the server or the salesperson thinks is important in that moment to get the the person talking to them to get the tip to get the commission long term i think it's a really it's a lot maybe that's what you're saying it's like long term that's a, a big issue but maybe in the micro yeah. in the moment in that day that night that week like it could work and there could be some alignment but over time it'll probably separate as you know, we need to stay focused on what we know needs to get done to make sure that there's more people in the door to sell to. Um, Absolutely. And I think like it, part of it is understanding what can be overcome and what cannot. Mm -hmm. So like a good example is something that just came up recently. If, if, if a change is made in a process or something is happening within the organization and it's driven by sales, but it has an impact at the marketing level, um, the example I used was it negatively impacts your SEO. That is harder to overcome oh, yeah. than a person in your model home who saw a picture on a website that has an arch instead of a flat. That is that you can overcome. 
But damaging your SEO, that's going to be a lot harder to overcome than that one person who's upset because there's something slightly off from the image on the website. It's just, it's, and we're forgetting that we're for, it's almost seems foundational, but it's, I'm seeing it over and over again where people are forgetting it. And it's starting with leadership where they're implementing and getting super excited about big changes or whatever. And they're forgetting the why and the potential impact down the road long-term of implementing said change. Well, and I think that's why it comes back to in marketing. Such a big part of our job is communicating to other people in the company and educating them on what we do and why we do things because it doesn't just it's really clear like we need sales here are things we can do to get sales marketing is a little more squishy and so some of those bigger picture ideas like the seo and um why we don't want to redo all of our renderings for thousands of thousands of dollars for a small change because I might you know some of those things it all comes back to how we communicate it to them um, mm -hmm. as well. So it's it's just going back to like what I was saying. You can't just be an order taker all the time and they come back and say we need to do this. Sometimes you have to dig a little deeper. Why do we need to do this? Okay, we can do this, but let's talk about this. This is what it's going to, how it's going to impact us down the line. Here's what it's going to cost. Here's what we could run into. So I think it's just um, having the confidence to have like those conversations and dig deeper and not uh, take everything right at face value. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes they went out, you know, sometimes something like that does need to happen and that's good. Yeah. It's just that the conversation needs to happen first and everybody needs to get all the data points before a decision is made. Yeah. You need to take the time to peel back those layers and instead of just being like, okay, yeah. yes, ma'am. Open that onion now. Yeah. That's you know, it's my favorite. Me and my marketers say all the time, marketing is like an onion. It's like an onion. Some like onions Shrek. are worth keeping. Yeah. It's my favorite reference. <laughs> We're making it a thing. Okay. We're going to talk about it every week. It's going to be a thing. Jesse on our team shirt. even sent me like an onion oh, emoji. It's, a, it's, it's catching on. It's like fetch <laughs> from Mean <laughs> Girls. There will be. It will, it will catch on. I want to see onions at the summit. Someone Carla, can you please create us an onion t-shirt? There we go. Yes. Yes. I'll wear it. I'll wear it in a heartbeat. Perfect. Well, that's it for story time. Let's go on to the news. First one up is from nerdwallet.com. Have seasonal housing market trends returned? What do we think about this one? One is from NerdWallet. So I think there's a little bias because they make money from pushing financial products. Mm -hmm. There's that. But it's a good article. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, my takeaway is what I think the main thing people should think about. It has been in years past, the seasonality of the home market has been very steady year over year. We have the spring selling market for um, new homes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Then it gets even busier. It's kind of a summer market for existing homes. Um, so we would start off there and then it would be like a slow decline through the years. The last few years, it's kind of been all over the place because of just the market has, I mean, in, in some ways you do see it, but it's just, there's so many other things playing against just um, how people are shopping for homes. It's interest rates and it's demand and it's, you know, all the COVID stuff we had a few years ago and all those things. So I think what it comes down to is just that we're starting to see it look more normal again, but I mean, it's still all, it's not normal yet. Yeah, <laughs> We're saying it is getting back to the, to the old days, 
but um and you do need to be aware of seasonality and it's still there but you just can't depend on that to be exactly like it used to be because things are different now mm-hmm. and everything affects it Definitely. i think what we're starting to see in this repetitive nature through like the news articles and the market and all this stuff is like, we almost have to adapt the mindset that this is the new normal, you know, like there is no normal, normal. but I, but I mean, if you keep waiting, right. If you keep waiting, waiting, yeah, you're like, I just want to be normal again. It's like, we're already here. What does that even mean? Normal's boring. Like, let's have some fun. There is no normal. Yeah. Let's have fun. Perfect. There's no normal. Nothing is normal. Yeah. I don't know. Let's be weird. Let's be weird. Let's get Let's weird. ride this wave. Weird. Let's ride Keep the wave. Austin. What I found interesting is just, and maybe may, it was, you know, who's the audience in this? It's not mm-hmm. marketing or home real estate professionals. But to me, this is, I'm like, ooh, this is false feeling. And they're talking about what it means for 2023 buyers. And they put in this phrase, I'll read it. So many of these would be sellers are unlikely to want to give up that existing low interest mortgage in exchange for the five to seven percent rate that they may face this fall this is just talking about the lack of inventory and i thought that was like a really polite and nice way to say it, it i think it should have been and why there's not much inventory available which is keeping prices up right supply and demand it should have been like something like so many of these would-be sellers are unable to they are not willing to they cannot afford mm-hmm. to buy a new home with their previous in- like you can't like you're if you're less than three percent four percent or even two percent if you refi to like a 15 year mortgage and now you want to go to a new home you're like well the home we bought for 500k at three percent is now 800 at six six and a half seven mm-hmm. we can't do it like there it's not even like oh i'm just not willing i just i you know i really really i'm in love with my three percent mortgage rate you're like no like we can't do anything like we literally cannot afford that home yeah. So you're just, they're stuck. There's all these, I'm sure there's data on what percent of buyers cannot change. Those homes are, I don't say permanently off the market, but like they're not going to be on the market ever. Right. So there's, mm-hmm. which I think is great news for home builders because there's better incentives, prices, there's mm-hmm. more homes, more homes. Like I think it just pushes more and more and more towards new, um, towards new construction versus existing because those homes will likely just turn into rental properties. I was doing math on our home. I'm like, okay, in two, three years, here's this, here's this. I'm like, it still doesn't make sense to sell it. Like, even if we were to go to another move up home, like we want a pool, it makes more sense to buy a a home that already has an existing pool with the price of pools, all that stuff done this way. But I'm like, we'll still keep our house. Yeah. What rent is for our home versus what our mortgage is. It's like, that'd be kind of foolish to get rid of the house. Like why? And it's always. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. There was no like the benefit of selling, even with the increased like the price point. Out. Yeah, it it didn't it didn't impact us long term, and the we're able to rent it so fast because oh, there is no rental market there. Yeah, so it's, I thought it was I thought it was a little soft on that, but I don't know if if most people were reading. I don't know if the average consumer or buyer would read into that and be like, oh yeah, this is actually why it's. They made it seem like oh these people are kind of selfish and they don't want to get rid of their three percent. It's like no. <laughs> They can't like it's just like it's not even a choice mm-hmm. um and then at the bottom they're like consider a, if to reduce your interest costs consider a 15-year mortgage instead of 30. i'm like um excuse me like seven percent at 500k versus six or 5.8 whatever at a 15-year for 500k i'm like ooh, that's like here's the pool of buyers is now like shriveled up like that's not good not good at all 
Um, but yeah, I almost it was out of touch. Yeah, that Mavis was a little, little out of touch. The graph's really nice, though. Um, so definitely check on that from them. But I agree. It'll be interesting to see what the rest of the year holds in terms of like traffic historically has always gone down in the fall. And that's what we've seen with homebuilderdata.com, looking at the aggregate data of 100 plus builders, like it's going to drop in the fall. Um, so hopefully, like if you're thinking about pushing budget, I think it would be push budget now, yeah. August, September, October, the first parts of November, because really like the week before Thanksgiving through the new year, like search activities down, conversion rates will be will be lowered. Like, and we mm -hmm. have the data to, to show that's mostly what happens unless interest rates go from seven to six to five point whatever, then that would be like a surge of new activity, which I don't think anyone would complain about. Like that'd be, that'd be fun to have the back half of the year if rates were, were to go down on low. Yeah. I also think that, um, inflation gets talked a lot as far as that's why rates are higher is because they're trying to in, in control inflation rates. But I also don't think there's enough conversation around also it's just cost of living is up because of inflation and so how far people's money goes is different now yeah. so mm -hmm. a lot of time that conversation um isn't being had it's like it, we're looking at inflation as the overall economy but these individuals out shopping for our homes are also dealing just with cost of living you know yeah. if you all notice groceries are a little more oh, expensive I definitely than because yeah. i like food were and the kids like food two years ago so i think it's just um keeping in mind it's it's not just the bigger picture of these charts and graphs but we have individual people dealing with these um you know it's not just a number but dealing right. with the payments and can we make it and how are we going to make this work and we have to move because of a job how do we make this work so it's just um thinking through that when we're when we're dealing with our home buyers definitely yeah definitely good combo we're gonna, we're gonna jump ahead a little bit to the um the article um from futurism about elon musk changing the name <laughs> of twitter which i still think is super bizarre so i think everyone noticed that um this one's titled business genius elon musk says he's changing twitter's name i i feel like there's some sarcasm in there no, um, I honestly think it's just a he is a ploy. genius, like right, Tesla. PayPal. Yeah, you mean the business genius. You couldn't tell if they were being they, I think they were being they're being a they're being yeah. kind of a smart ass. <laughs> yeah. Um to about Elon Musk, like why would you change Twitter to X? Like, but then okay, hear me out. I think it's dumb. Like that's my personal opinion. But I'm like, who listening to this podcast, who has even connected to his podcast has done anything that is man has done this dude has done paypal tesla spacex that has it had that type of impact on the entire a global impact on the world like mm, okay yeah. so maybe maybe there is something we're just missing here um or is what, it even real andrew or is it even real are you like, saying is the it Matrix trying or something? to stay relevant with possibly like, trying to stir or up is it so before paypal was paypal it was x.com right it was X. It was called X. So that's what this article points out is like, maybe this is a move towards becoming this all in one, all encompassing platform more than just 140 characters or less, although there's more than 140, um, all that stuff. But is it more than just that? Because really, if we, if we look at our circle of who we interact with, let's say, do you convert? That's not a good circle. It is a good circle, but it's it's like mm -hmm. a very small sample, right? It's not good. Not a big enough Bad circle. circle. Mm -hmm. Who's actually on Twitter active? Not that many mm -hmm. people. Instagram, Kevin. everyone, Facebook, Kevin, right? It's just Kevin. I do convert. It's I use Kevin. it as my news source. 
So is there bigger potential with changing Twitter into something else? Probably. And now there's threads from Instagram, which is yeah. essentially Twitter. Although I'm like, I'm not going on there. Like I have Instagram. So maybe it does need to, maybe he, and his brain, he's like, this is a dying company. He bought it. He paid a premium. Who cares? Maybe mm -hmm. he didn't pay a premium. He does have this giant user base. What if the potential from changing it to X and having a different revenue source, if he's doing payments and transactions is actually that far exceeds what Twitter ever could be. Cause Twitter ad and platforms are probably garbage, right? Who loves Twitter ads? No, no, no. Twitter has ads. No. Yeah, they have Twitter ads. And we're like, oh, <laughs> if you think about it, who is on Twitter? You're like, well, probably higher income. Um, but they're professionals. And it's like, these are people that buy homes. These are people that buy homes. Yet, who's excited about Twitter ads that builders get to use? No one. No one uses no one. it. So yeah, maybe it's not a bad, bad idea. What are y'all's thoughts on it? Other yeah. than like, what do you call a tweet now? I don't even know an X. An X is I, X is. I know. I think it's part of a bigger scheme in his mind that we haven't yeah. seen it all come to fruition like we're guessing at what the heck he's thinking like th there's some bigger play in all of this or he's just sitting there laughing through the whole thing it could be that too he has so much money that he doesn't care and he hated how he's trolling all run, so he's, he's like doing. exactly it could be that but i feel yeah. like there's a bigger a bigger story to this than we've been given the x thing is weird like, and it's like a character on your keyboard. Like I was reading, like you could, I, it's one of the, what, um, someone nerdy's like, it's this, Andrew, why do you not know that? Come on, add doctor. Like, like all zero, one, five, four, and it does the X. Like it's not, and it's not a logo. It's a character. But then also sometimes I'm like, maybe he's just losing it, but maybe not. Possible. I don't know. Maybe I lost it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's. It's strange, but it doesn't surprise me. Like when I saw it, I was like, of course he is. Of course he's not just leaving. Like, of course. Yeah. But it's fun to watch. It is. Fun. It is fun to watch. And I think it'll be fun to watch to play out because I think that's part of the allure of the conversation is like no one knows where he's going with this. Yeah. We know it's not as simple as him just changing the name. We know it's either like a big trolling thing or we know it's like a bigger picture something that's going to happen and that's why it's getting all of our attention so it's working and that alone in itself is genius one could argue so my favorite thing about it is if you pull up twitter and everyone's coming up with new ways to design the logo and that's just fun to watch that's fun to watch it could have been well, so much cooler right yeah also speaking of trolling the whole thing about him and zuckerberg having like a cage match um, because i get a lot of that because um i do jujitsu and that's what they're they're training jujitsu um, julie's in charge just, of our security team as well it's, you're yeah, it's hilarious it just makes me laugh because it's like what what in the world it's just so bizarre the whole thing is bizarre they're both bizarre i, I, I mean, enjoy it <laughs> those type of people they have to be bizarre right that level of exactly. intellect and success like you're not a normal person. Like their brain know. works on a different, yeah. on a different wavelength. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, genius 100%. is madness. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure there. Yeah, there's there's probably a bunch of messed up things wrong with his brain. Other than he's extremely intelligent. Um, let's go on to the one from NAHB National Association of Homebuilders.org. New HBI report shines spotlight on labor shortages. Oh, geez, did anyone fall asleep when I when I read that? Anybody? <laughs> I mean, it, it's important. We'll, we'll be quick on it, but, and I want to see if you feel this way. Maybe this feels controversial. Um, so they talk about, you know, key findings and important include there's 723,000 new construction workers each year is what's needed. That's a mm -hmm. lot of people. This had, yeah. all these numbers just seem made up to me. Maybe I'm just delusional. Mm -hmm. 
that's so many people, right? The number of open construction sector jobs currently averages between 300,000 to 400,000. Does that mean there's actually that many job openings or the turnover is really, really high? And so they always have to have openings. And so there's just this constant influx of people in and out, in and out. I'm not really sure. Um, but what I thought is interesting is, according to Ed Brady, HBI president and CEO, the facts show the construction industry today must focus on three urgent priorities, promote training and jobs in the trades to those people who have not yet considered a career in construction, support immigration reform, and advocate for housing affordability. So essentially, we build more homes, we need to tell people this is a great career. And oh, by the way, in case we can't get people in the U.S. to do it, we need better immigration policy to encourage more people to come to the U.S. to then work. So. I think that's it in a nutshell, but all the marketing and advertising I see. So let's talk about it from the marketing angle. I okay. feel the marketing does not hit the 15, 16, 17, 18 year old person to then go into trades. Like it's, it's all about like, it's, it's all, true. I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's not working obviously. Right. Imagine mm -hmm. this is, this is our job at deconvert to get more people into trades. We're measuring mm -hmm. our campaigns. We're still not, we're starting not getting more applicants. So we're not mm -hmm. doing a good enough job like we're getting leads are down leads are down leads are down or applicants are down so i think it's interesting just we don't have to do this exercise on on the podcast that's not the point but like oh well what would get more applicants like that's what someone should be thinking well yeah and this is getting um this is going a little bit down a side that's road okay. but Let's also college is so expensive now it is. like you would think that the trades would start becoming more and more attractive to people where you can go to a trade school, learn a trade, and automatically be making a lot of money fresh out of, of that. So you would yeah. think that um, we would start getting more just from the fact of people are having trouble, you know, going to school where it used to be easier back when I graduated in 1998, 25 years ago. Um, but so, so that's interesting to me too. And I think the other part um, for just marketers to think of is is remembering that leadership is also dealing with these things you know yes. not having subcontractors not having good subcontractors having one on the job and then they up and leave or competitor comes in and hires them sometimes we get in our little world of marketing maybe sales maybe mm -hmm. community development we forget that there's all these other factors coming in that are built. moving the houses have to be built and they have to be built well you know um, they have to be up to the standards and in the pricing, you know, we have to keep prices down so that we're not raising prices. Um, so it, it all plays into a bigger picture. That's good for us. A good exercise just to, to remember, um, that that all exists and helping, yeah. you know, home buyers who are going through the process, understand more of that too, not too much of it, but the, the proper amount that they would want to know. hundred yeah. percent. My, and this you know, isn't a like, new issue. Like no. this isn't this lady even points to that. Like this isn't a new issue. This has been an ongoing problem. But as builders become like, you know, we said it before, we have the power in the market right now. They need to be able to build the product. It's the the issue is kind of spotlighted even more so now. And it's a good thing because I think this is an opportunity that we can take from like um from like the military, for example, when they up recruitment and they do re a recruitment campaigns when they're when they're low on recruitment is like yeah. they have to make young people see that this is a viable career and there's mm -hmm. a big beautiful opportunity in available in the trades and there's 
pride associated with it and start telling that story more. I think there's a lot of opportunity to, to, to do that. Agreed. I think the, if yeah, let's jump in on this one. Who knows? We might edit this out. But I think the the challenge is like like you said, Beth, at the beginning, like your tile person was there Friday night at five thirty, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So I think there's they need to if this if this is going to be fixed at some point, address mm -hmm. this assumption, which could be correct or incorrect, of not so great work life balance, damage to your body mm -hmm. as a human being who has feelings and pain. Right. I sit in an office all day. My biggest risk is carpal tunnel. Right. I think as far as like that goes, well, if you're in a job site, hurt yourself, like you're getting hurt, mm -hmm. you could die like all these. Right. So these are all real things that people consider like, do I own a trades? I don't know. My old man was in, he's a plumber and he can't walk or he, he's got a limp or whatever, like real, yeah. like this real things. On that note, talk let's about. talk about women's in, in trades too. Yeah. One of my best friends is here true. is in air conditioning and AC tech and she's fabulous. She's amazing. So, um, that's that's another thing they need to talk about more is getting more skilled women in 100%. the labor force. Agreed. I think they could. Yeah, I think it's like with anything you address the objections and then boom, you know how to do it. Which military does flawlessly. They throw money at it, and it's a well. That's the first one. Twenty, thirty, forty, whatever thousand dollars sign on bonus, and then yeah. you have some type of work life balance, and then you're proud to be an American. Or at least I know. I'm um, yeah, can we have some background music? music? Maybe we need to make a jingle for the trade force. Is we like do need that. I think some of the uh, mm. the labor unions probably have some jingles. Um, and yeah, that's going to be like what happened when I left. Yeah. Like I left <laughs> the country. Done. Oh my goodness. Well, here we go. When We're... dad's away, the kids will play. Mm, I know. That's true. Dad and dad. <laughs> it's great. Well, let's go on to our favorites because we yeah we all have a hard stop here coming up. Um, current favorites. So. Julie, current oh, favorite. Well, I have just mailed about 80 books. And That's I was I the see. person at the um, post office that like everybody hated because there would be like 20 people because I would like have mounds of books. Fair. So then I started doing it online on stamps.com because you can't do it USPS if you're doing media mail. And I have a little Dymo label um, printer, like a laser printer. And mm -hmm. it was amazing. And it saved me so and no one wanted to beat you up at the post office and look at you oh and give gosh. you bad looks they i know i would carry up that bag and then people would start backing up and i'd be like, like I'm sorry. is this person serious mm -hmm. I was did she graduate in 1998 what is she doing <laughs> oh my goodness. i'm just kidding right. oh, Terrible. Man. No, I'm not with you. Beth. <laughs> beth what do you got your favorite um current favorite is obviously julie's book shout out i mean oh, that's just you. amazing and I think it's really great that there's something content-based because it's that's available for marketers in our industry to use. I it's I haven't seen it before. Um, I think that when we saw the example with like the Kevin's pre-sale that fail, having that constant something that they can circle back and reference yeah. that is um, foundational and is something that they can keep with them and share with the people in their organization. There's so much benefit to that. And they're not having to rely on like just YouTube videos anymore. Like there's something physical that they can give yeah. to people in their organization. And I love it. I'm so excited. Thank I'm you. in all of you and I can't wait for everyone to read it. Thank and it's for builders. Like, it's yeah, not builders. Like for, it's specifically, it's not for real estate agents or, you know, it's very specific to builders. So 
Um, because it is sometimes you go read a book on marketing or content marketing and you're like, well, yeah, that might work for a pair of jeans or a t-shirt company, but the, it yeah. doesn't apply, you know, um, to what we're doing. So Andrew knows all the back end of the ads. It's just all a little different because it's home building yeah. is just a very unique. We're special. Industry. We're special. We're spe special. It's one of my current favorites in is the home building so industry. many ways. We're so special. <laughs> yes. We Let's really see. are. My other one is farmhouse burgers. So I don't know where they all are. I'm looking it up right now because I'm hungry. Google it because I won't like, we're now in the Augusta area. So if you ever come to Augusta for the masters or whatever, and you need a good burger, farmhouse, everyone recommended it to us. Like literally everyone we spoke to who has been to the area was like, you got to go to farmhouse. Um, but I it's not house. It's H-A-U-S. Yeah. Okay. What it's did house. you order there? I create my own. Okay, I do the single patty with okay. pepper jack cheese. Mm -hmm. spicy. And I do sriracha mayo on the side with the roasted garlic aioli on top. The roasted, yeah, mm -hmm. that sounds good. It's my jam. And then I do pickled onions, which are like my favorite thing yes. in the world. Pickled onions are legit. They don't go, they, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They go with everything. Is what they I'm really do. There's nothing and they I don't, don't go Honestly, with. when I first made it, I thought I was going to want bacon because I love bacon and there's a bacon jam that they had. So I mm -hmm. thought I was going to want the bacon yeah. jam, but I didn't like, I didn't feel like anything was missing. It was just, it was you, just lovely. You missed your calling. You should have been a uh, burgerista or whatever you want to call it. You know, maybe, maybe yeah. I'll start like a little burger blog. Burger blog, best burgers in the South. Let's see my current favorites. Um, we just got back from Key West and Miami on a little vacation and Key West. Like it, if you haven't been there, I'm in Florida, so I'm eight hours away. So we drove down halfway, then drove the rest way. It is, I don't know. It's still like my favorite leave my town and here in Tampa Bay to go somewhere like vacation spot, but it's everything I want. I just want to eat food all day, walk around, eat more food, walk around some more, mm -hmm. eat more food, see some music. Hang out by a pool or beach, whatever, and do nothing is is my cup of tea. And you could do that from like 8 a.m. until on a Tuesday night in July, 90 degree weather in Florida, hot and smelly and gross. You could be out until like 2, 3 a.m. Like if that's your thing. And it's not like crazy wildness. It's just like, oh, there's another band. There's another band. There's a band. So much fun. So if you need any tips for Key West, let me know. We just got back. That's my current favorite. My opposite of current favorite is coming off a of vacation. You get like... <laughs> Post-vacation blues, it's so depressing. You're like, I'm making eating regular food again. This is awful. I didn't You're just going to start planning days. for a summit. This is what you do. You finish one trip this and is you what start. I do. You, yeah. you sound so like someone start I married looking, to. Like, this is what you do. Start looking at your food. Start yeah. looking for well, your food. Vegas in February for mm -hmm. the Builder Show. Dallas here in September. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know the food in Dallas. Although there looks like some good options right there by, by Gillies. I'm sure, food at Gillies. I'm sure yeah. food. we'll get some good brisket. I was going to say, Texas is known for brisket, right? Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. And then brisket. Georgia is pulled pork and certain type of, yeah, you got to do a barbecue tour. You don't know. I, uh, you know what? I don't, I should look into a barbecue place because we also just came from Kansas city. So obviously I oh, love okay. Kansas city barbecue as well. They're more known for like their burnt ends mm. and that kind of stuff. And their barbecue sauce is a little bit different. Like I'm, it really oh, depends who's making it. That's true. I have the best crab cakes, though, down no. in Miami. See, this? No. I knew this would get Beth going. You're Hot like, topic. Mm, I don't think so. You haven't had crab cakes, so you had them in Maryland and Baltimore with some old No, bay. like handmade, like really some, like your grandma's recipe for crab cakes with fresh parsley, mustard, 
and you put Liam Perrins on top. I'm going to Bar- Baltimore. I'm wearing my bulletproof vest, but I'm also going there on a crab cake tour. I'm thinking, is that it? Is that let's, is that let's worth it? Let's do it. Let's you're do it. You're in Georgia, so you're not invited. First I'll time. I'll go home for that. I'll I'll go home for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll know where to get, go. And that's the other thing is when do I went to Farm Do you convert crab cake tour? Perfect. They had malt vinegar for your French fries. Oh, okay. Right up your alley. Do you carry um, do Old it. Bay like in a like in your purse or anything? Okay. No. Are you even I don't. Baltimore? What is this? Oh, my goodness. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to become a member for free of Deconvert's all-access community app for home builders and developers. Watch behind-the-scenes videos from the podcast, frequent exclusive postings, and analysis from the Deconvert team, access to private hangouts, and more. See y'all. Love you guys. Oh, that's precious. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof. <laughs> <laughs>